take some time in your life to look somebody in the eye and not be thinking about what you're going to say, mm-hmm. really listening to what to what they're saying. Um, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that will give you a, a tremendous amount of influence in somebody's mm-hmm. life because to listen is, is to love. And it, it, it's such a rare thing uh, in the in the modern world. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Sitting down with Chad. It has been two weeks since our last podcast. Chad, you look really well rested after those two weeks. I'm just kidding. We actually filmed these back to back. But we're continuing the conversation about reaching people, and we're in a series called Reach One. Uh, talk to us a little bit about just kind of where we're going as far as practical tools people can use when it comes to reaching lost friends or family members or coworkers or anybody that they come in contact with. Yeah, probably the easiest thing to do is just leverage the power of invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love people, uh, when things come up in their life and, and we're trying to equip everybody in our church this year to just know what we have to offer. If, if somebody's got, uh, you know, a care issue, mm-hmm. uh, we offer all kinds of, of care ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody's just got something going on in their life, you know, you can invite them to any weekend service. We design those weekend services for anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you are preaching, Robert, or when I'm preaching, uh, or when we have Megan as a guest coming in and, and, and preaching, you know, we're, we're thinking about who's in the room. Yeah, There are people that have walked with Jesus for a long time. There are people who are um, not sure whether or not they believe in God. Yep. And so we try to communicate in a way that, that helps everybody yeah. uh, move forward. You said it quickly. I want to go back to it just for a minute here. You said, listen, uh, and, and I've, I've seen this again and again, the power of listening for evangelism. A lot of people don't think, and by evangelism, I mean, sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of who Jesus is. One of the most powerful tools I think that we have to share the gospel is our ears, Yeah, which is counterintuitive. Uh, but talk a little bit about because I think that's something that's so needed and so missing in our culture right now. Well, you want to listen, period. To listen is to love. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all looking at our phones. We don't even listen to our spouse, much much less, mm-hmm. you know, our friends. We don't listen to our kids. Um, take some time in your life to look somebody in the eye and not be thinking about what you're going to say, mm-hmm. really listening to what, to what they're saying. Um, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that will give you... A, a tremendous amount of influence in somebody's mm-hmm. life because to listen is, is to love. And it, it, it's such a rare thing uh, in the in the modern world. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe make that a New Year's resolution. Be a, be, a, be a better listener. This made me think of a story. So what you want to do, because we're talking about reaching people for Jesus, is you want to be an, an intentional friend, mm-hmm. an intentional listener. Um, and I, I met a guy, he was uh, a leader in my alpha group this last time. And um, he was talking about a friend that uh, he and his wife were struggling financially. And so this guy just said, hey, my wife and I went to this thing called Financial Peace University. Uh Man, it was super helpful to us. So he invites them to Financial Peace at our church. They come, their finances get better. And he says, well, you should start coming to church on the weekend. You know, there's all kinds of stuff around here that'll help you. Uh They both wind up giving their lives to Jesus and were baptized here recently. Okay. Now, just put this all together. All this guy did yeah. was listen. Yeah. And then when he saw opportunity, he was like, oh, we struggled with that. So that's connection, by the way. Yep. You connect with somebody not through being an expert, 
but through being vulnerable. And so he said, we had that same issue. Here's where we got help. Why don't you come and get help too? And it was it was financial peace. Yeah. You know, we don't talk much about Jesus and financial peace. We talk a lot about Proverbs, right? Yep. How to manage your money. But these people came to know Jesus just because somebody was intentionally listening and then, you know, took the risk of an, of an invitation that would actually help a friend. Okay. So last night we had our, our young adult gathering. We do that on the first Tuesday of the month. And I meet this guy and, hey, how'd you end up here? He was working at a food bank because he was required by court. Uh, to do community service. Okay. Okay. So he's got, he's got a bit of a story Yeah. and, uh, you know, tatted up the whole deal. And Cindy, who oversees our young adult ministry, sees this guy, goes, he's a young adult. That's all she knew about him. And he's working and kind of just started asking him questions, getting to know his story. And then she goes, Hey, we have this young adult thing. You should come to it. And he says, Okay. And he shows up to this young adult thing. Yeah. And so last night I, I introduced, I didn't know any of this story. I introduced myself and he goes, Hey, I'm just trying to figure out this whole God thing. Like, where do I even start? And so I open up Romans six twenty three, wages of sin is death, talk through, hey, this kind of summarizes the story of the Bible. He ends up praying to receive Christ yeah. right there in that moment. And it's because she saw a young adult and went, all I know about you is you're a young adult and we have a place for young adults at our church. I'm just going to invite you. And she had no idea you would say yes. Yeah. Uh, she probably by looking at him could have assumed he would say no. Could have assumed, okay, he's probably not going to want to show up to this thing. And she just was bold enough to invite him. He gave his life to Christ last night. And yeah. It was this beautiful moment. And I, to your point, you never know what God's going to do. That's just how it works. Yeah. And, and you never want to be somebody's no for them. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who screws this up is people like you and me who've been in church for a long time. Because uh-huh. I have friends who are new to Jesus. They don't think twice about it. They're just, oh, yeah, and you invite all your friends. That's what you do. Yeah. And, and they do that, and then all their friends meet Jesus. By the way, that's how Sun Valley got big. Yep. Everybody, what's your secret to church growth? Reach lost people. Yeah. Because lost people reach lost people who reach lost people who reach lost people. That's why we baptize 800 people every year, because people who are new to Jesus invite yep. others to Jesus. And it's really messy, but that, yeah, well, <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. But here's, what if all of us got involved? Yeah. What if all of us who say we're mature, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to drop that rock like it's heavy and hot, right? What if all of us who say we are mature, we're mature enough to invite somebody like a new believer does. Yeah. They're more mature than we are. Yeah. They're more passionate about Jesus than we are. We're all dead, tired, and sorry. We yeah. got to like light that match again. Maturity f- is not what you know. Yeah, yeah it's what you show. You, you, you got to fan the flame of Jesus in your soul and remember grace and, and do some invitations. Okay, so somebody who's who's been in church for a long time. So really going, practical, yeah. And just, they're going, I don't have a bunch of lost friends. I don't have that same community. What, yeah. what advice do you have for that person? Okay, well, let, let's wrap up the other thought. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah, just intentional friendship. You're listening well. You're looking for opportunity of invitation. The other thing I would say, you're looking for opportunity to share your story. Yeah. So anytime you can connect, I mean, I, mean, I told the story about this guy in financial peace and it mm-hmm. helped us. Maybe it'll help you. Same idea. Gave my life to Jesus. Here's how it's changed my life. I don't know. Maybe it'll help you too. Yeah. It's, it's a posture of humility. Yep. And I want this for you. Which just, uh, so if you've read through the book of Acts or you're familiar with Acts, you have kind of the Apostle Paul story kind of woven throughout there. And, and what amazes me. This guy's brilliant. He knows the Old Testament front and back. I mean, he could he could preach, he could teach, he can reason with people. If you if you pay attention in Acts, what Paul does anytime he's before a new crowd, new audience, new whatever, he just shares his story. He doesn't go, let me let me unpack all the intricacies of the Old Testament prophecies and how they're fulfilled in Jesus. Now, he'll do that with some Jewish believers or, uh, you know, as he's interacting with them. But he always just says, let me tell you the story of how I met Jesus. Yeah. Let me, let me mention this, too. There's not one example of him going, well, back in Genesis, 
with the flood, uh-huh. and I don't know all the answers, yeah. and were there dinosaurs? None of them do that. Yeah. All they do is talk about how Jesus changed their life. Yeah. That's all you do. Everybody's like, well, what if they asked me about Noah and the <laughs> Nephilim or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. Here's what you say. I don't know, yep. but Jesus has changed my life. Maybe he can help you. Yeah. Yeah. We way overcomplicate it. Yeah. So be willing to share your story. That's good. All right. So somebody who doesn't know uh, a whole lot of lost people or somebody, you know, who grew up in church and now all their friends and all their community are church people who put their faith in Jesus. And that's kind of the circles. And they're going to, you know, their kids are in the Christian school and they're, you know. Well, let's let's use you and me as an example. Okay. Because I'm, I'm thinking most of the people you and I work with are probably followers of Jesus. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah, Because some days you wonder. (laughs) But, um, you know, because because. We're, we work at a church. I mean, we get paid to follow Jesus, right? Um, I'm grateful for that. It's also a huge responsibility. But but you and I are not around lost people. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be very easy for all of my friends, all of my connections, everything I do to all be Christian people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with Christian education. I think Christian schools are a good thing. I'm using this as an example, okay? So for all of you, your kids go in Christian school, I'm for it. All right. Uh, looking back, maybe I should have done some of that myself. So I'm, I'm for it. But if I wanted to, I could really put myself in a bubble because mm-hmm. I could be Pastor Chad. It's just the church. Kids go to Christian school. It's only families I know. It's just us, 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 very inward focused. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole goal of my life is to protect. Mm-hmm. Right. It would be very easy to do. But that's not what Jesus has called us to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we have fears and the culture and all of that. I, I, I get that. But let me tell you what you're called to do. You're not called to go live in a bunker somewhere and learn how to churn your own butter and protect you and your family from the world. You're called to change the world with the power of the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. And so there has to be some offense in our lives. Yeah. There, there has to be a decision to be mission-minded, right? And so for me, I have to put myself in environments where there are lost people. Yeah. And, then, and then when I do that, I'm going to talk about some of this in the next couple of weeks. When I do that, church people get mad at me. Yeah. Um, but that is the only answer. The The only way to reach people is to know people, mm-hmm. right? If we want to get people to where we are, we have to go where they are. That That's just common sense. And what's fascinating is I'm talking a lot. Yeah. Right? No, I, feel, I'm not, I feel like I'm not allowing you to talk. What's fascinating is if I was a missionary mm-hmm. in, in some tribe in the middle of nowhere, yep. and I made friends with the witch doctor who legitimately seriously worships the devil... All those church people would applaud me. Mm-hmm. He should be in there in that tent with the witch doctor, you know, praying things up. But if I go and sit with somebody at the bar that doesn't know Jesus, all of a sudden we don't know about our pastor. What's he doing in there? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So we're, we're really hypocritical. Uh, we don't understand those things. So I, I, I would say, hey, if you don't have any lost friends, make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you and Lindsay are, are, are great at that. What are some of the things that you guys do? Yeah. One of the things, Lindsay's fantastic. And I, I just kind of follow in her footsteps. Fair enough. She's uh, a, anytime we're in a neighborhood, she gets to know everybody in the neighborhood. And, and she like, to the point where I get uncomfortable, like <laughs> she'll, uh, she'll go, you know, knock on doors and bring people cookies and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but she started just saying, Hey, let's create a gathering. It's not a church gathering, just getting people together on the first Monday of every month 
It's called First Mondays. Took her a long time to come up with the name. On First Mondays, they sit in somebody's front driveway because they want people walking by to get invited. And it's just a bunch of women from the neighborhood, and it's an open invitation. And she'll have some kind of a just, you know, fun, whatever question. And they sit around a giant fire pit, and they all some bring their own drinks or whatever. And they just kind of sit there, and they just talk about life. And I'm always amazed when I hear some of the, you know, just raw reality that comes out of these these gatherings. And these are people who are – you know, no faith background whatsoever. Some are of completely different faiths, yet they all gather together because they, they just want to experience friendship. And so they do that. And it's an open invitation. And then they bring a friend and, oh, I met a new neighbor. And it's always an open invite. That's one thing. Um, again, my wife's really good about, you know, inviting people over. We live next door to my brother and sister-in-law. She has different people coming over to the house for dinner, like – all throughout the week. And it's just, how do you manage all this? Cause she also has seven kids, you yeah. know, and yeah. it's just, but it's just an open, our home is open uh, to, to the lives of others and, and, and both households have, have done a good job. And when our kids play sports, uh, guess what? Sports, non-believers kids play sports too. I, I have seen tons of people, uh, some, well, a couple from, from our friendships through the years, but I've had friends whose kids are on ball teams and mm-hmm. that's how, that's their, yep. that's their mission field Yep, is parents of, of kids that their kids on the same kid as, you know, yeah. as their kid on the, on the team. Yeah. We, we've met a lot of families through our kids, uh, but it takes some intentionality because there's also, it's easy to like... You know, pull up to a school, drop off the kids where they get out of the car, you know, and you just stay in your car or whatever. It takes a little intentionality to have a conversation. It's easy to go to a game, sit on the sidelines and just cheer for your kid instead of striking up conversation with the people around you. Yeah. It's easy to do that. But with a little bit of effort, you can actually meet a lot of people in those environments. Yeah. Well, we're talking about living an intentional life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just to just to kind of compress what you just said. It's just being intentional wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny when Jesus gives, um, you know, that that great commission that we talked about here recently. Uh, and he says, you know, go therefore and make disciples. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best translation of that is as you go, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 you don't have to move to Africa, mm-hmm. right? It's as you live your life, uh, be intentional about it. Yeah. And, um, the, the, the truth is we're like, I don't know any lost people. They're all around you. Yeah. Everywhere you go, you just have to be intentional about it and you have to disrupt your own life. Right. Mm-hmm. To, to invite somebody in. And I would also say, because there's there's people that, that we've spent time with and invested in and, and we've invited them to church and they know about our faith and they, they don't want anything to do with it. Um, okay. We're still their friends. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think I've seen in, in the church world, it's like, oh, nope, I invited them. They said, no, we're done with them. That That's not what Jesus is calling us to do. He's calling us to, to be within our communities, to build relationships. It's not a, okay, let's shake the dust off our sandals and move on. Like, no, be be a friend. <laughs> Yeah. You know, to your point earlier, listen to people, uh, be interested in people and, and don't give up on them and, and know that sometimes the journey to faith is a really long journey and, and be committed to go on the, the whole length of that journey with them. Yeah, it's it's intentional living mm-hmm. an intentional life. I, I was thinking of this passage of scripture in uh, Matthew 9. And what I love about this passage is Matthew's giving his testimony. Uh, Matthew, his other name is, is Levi, and he's he's the tax collector. And Jesus has invited him to be a follower. And tax collectors in this time didn't have any friends mm-hmm. because they were basically Benedict Arnold's, mm-hmm. right? The Jewish people. So Matthew's friends would have been friends that he paid for. Um, people who were likened to the tax collector, they were kind of outcasts. So mm-hmm. it would be drunks, gamblers, prostitutes, people like that. So Matthew's so excited 
that Jesus, because Jesus is gaining in popularity, mm-hmm. has asked him to be one of the 12, that he throws a party to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus goes to the party. Well, who do you think's at the party? Well, it's Matthew's friends, yeah. right? It's, it's these people, these outcasts. And so religious people show up at the party. Apparently, it was a pretty big party. Mm-hmm. And they are criticizing Jesus for hanging out with, with these sinners. Yeah. And, and Jesus, Jesus responds. I'm going to go ahead and just, just read uh, several verses here. So Matthew 9, beginning in verse 10, it says, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees, that's the religious leaders, saw this, they asked his disciples, so they don't have the guts to go ask Jesus, so they asked his mm-hmm. other followers, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 12, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. We'll talk about what that means in a second. And then he says this, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mm -hmm. So Jesus's mission filled the sinners. That's who he came to call. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus was called a friend of sinners. It was not a compliment. He was called that by religious people. But followers of Jesus will be friends of sinners as well. Such a powerful passage of scripture. Yeah, and Matthew's yeah. like, he, he reached out to me, right? <laughs> yep. And then now he's writing Bible, telling yep. his story. Yeah, love it. And, and I love the fruit of it too. And in, in the Bible, it says that those who are forgiven much love much. That, oh, they, yeah. that there's a, there is something beautiful about being completely lost and, and then completely found in, yeah. in that journey. And, and sometimes as religious people, uh, we lose sight of that. And Jesus saying, no, I came for the sick. I, I came to to bring healing. I came to bring wholeness to where there's brokenness. That's that's the mission that, that Jesus is on with all of humanity, including you and me. And uh, and so yeah, of course he's going to look for those who are are the most lost, the sheep who's the furthest away, you know. And the shepherd's going to go find that one. And and that's the that's the beauty of what we get to be a part of. When Jesus says, "I desire mercy, not sacrifice," go and learn what this means. Right? <laughs> sacrifice was religious duty. Mm-hmm. It's what you did. And then Jesus talks about mercy. He's like, more than your religious duty and your religious activity, I want you to reach people. Mm-hmm. I want you to love people where they are, mm-hmm. right? And it's just this beautiful picture. I mean, God Almighty was born in a messy barn, mm-hmm. you know, to a peasant family, uh, was trained as a carpenter, hung out with sinners, died on an old wooden cross and rose again so that everybody would have life. That whole story, mm-hmm. that whole account is a God loves sinners. Mm-hmm. There's not another faith like it in the history of mankind where God comes and hangs out with sinners yep. in a messy world because he loves them. And yet that is the power of the gospel. Um, if you don't have any friends that are sinners, you need to make some new friends. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the bottom line. Um, if I don't have friendships, in my life that make religious people uncomfortable, then I'm not on mission with Jesus. Um, so yeah, I'm going to share some things in the weeks ahead of things that I believe God's calling me to. I just think we've got to be like that missionary with the witch doctor, mm-hmm. you know, yep. we've got to get in the world and help people uh, meet Jesus, meet them where they are to, to lead them where he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, any other thoughts on this before we kind of wrap up? And and again, I don't know how to end a podcast other than praying, uh, especially when we're talking about being on mission with Jesus. Uh, any any other closing thoughts that you have? Yeah, I I, I would say uh, back to that intentional living. Mm-hmm. 
um, pay attention, look around, you know, I've been challenged the church. So all of us are, are praying for one person this year and mm-hmm. looking for opportunities uh, to invite them to something so mm-hmm. that ultimately uh, they can, they can know Jesus, you know, to share our story with them, however the Holy Spirit works. But uh, yeah, it's my goal that uh, everyone reach one this year. Mm-hmm. Why don't you pray for us along those lines? I yeah. will. As I, uh, as I pray, I, I just want to, challenge you, um, challenge us, think about where God has placed you. Um, whether that's in, in a neighborhood, uh, whether that's, you know, kids sports, whatever that is, uh, think about those circles of, of influence, um, and maybe where there's opportunities, uh, to, to bridge some relationships, uh, to make connections that, that maybe aren't there yet. Um, and I want to pray for that specifically, if you'd join me in that, uh, father for each one of us, I, I believe we're, uh, right where we are on purpose. Uh, God, I, I believe that there is work that you've prepared for us to do in advance. Um, and, and our job, uh, our responsibility is, is to walk in that. I, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would uh, give us eyes to see uh, where there are relationships with, with those or potential relationships with those who don't know you yet. Um, would, would you help us not to ignore that, to ignore the, the places that, that you've placed us I ask and I pray that you would give us courage, that you would give us a boldness, that you would give us a heart to want to be bold. And God, we don't know what all the results of all that will be, but we trust you with that. We acknowledge that right now. Um, To Chad's point earlier, our job's not to uh, sell anybody on anything. It's to be a witness. And so I, I pray that you would help us to trust you with the results, but that we would be willing to walk in, in whatever steps you've put before us to build relationships, uh, to be a light in the world, um, not to hide from culture, but to, to see culture transformed by the power of, of you and, and the gospel. And so I, I pray for courage for each one of us. Help us to take a step um, in the coming weeks uh, to, to build some friendships. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.